Okay, guys, we are back and <laughs> better than ever. Can I tell you something really quick before we get into everything? So, we told our special guest. We have a special guest tonight. Very special. And V special guest. And we told our special guest to come at 8 o'clock because we were going to start filming. Can I tell you that my technology... Okay, I'm done with technology. All technology in general. I hate it. And I'm throwing my computer at the wall as soon as we're done with this podcast. I agree. It's kind of a joke because this computer was expensive. <clears throat> anyway, so welcome back everyone to our podcast. We're so glad that you could be here. Um, we have, like we said, a V special guest today. So stick around and thank you for joining us for Sundays at 7. All right, guys, we are so excited for today because we have a special guest. Introduce him, Kayton. This guy sitting next to me <clears throat> is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Lawrence Williams. Lawrence Williams! Woo! Hello. <laughs> um, can I tell you that, so we said that, we told Lawrence to come at 8. It is currently 8.45 and we are just now getting the podcast up and rolling and the computer would not stop working. I mean, the computer stopped working. We just got to hang out with Lawrence for the past 45 minutes and, and it's probably so been the best 45 minutes of my life, He I is think. one of the funniest people ever. Don't listen to them. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> no. No, it is so true. Lawrence, really quick, why don't you just uh, give us a little 30 second quick blimp of your life. Um, well, I graduated from Moorhead State, and I currently work at a call center um, while I'm looking for other jobs. So I, I work and eat, and then I go home. That's about it. <laughs> That's nice and exciting. What's your, like, favorite thing going on in your life right now? Mm. Um, I don't know. There's, like, a lot of different ministry opportunities, so I'm getting to see... What I'm supposed to be doing and also like what I'm not supposed to be doing at all. And just kind of deciphering through that and seeing what's for me, like what I'm actually called to do. So that's kind of fun. Well, the reason, one of the reasons why we asked you, you were up there on our guest list. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because you've been, uh, when were you officially like, you've been, you've been preaching a lot. And he had the opportunity to come be one of the main preachers at our fall retreat mm -hmm. for our high school in, I don't know, that was November maybe? Yeah. And he was really, really awesome and he really impacted our students, so we thought he would be a good guest. I don't know when you started, when did you start that pastoring role? Yeah, I've been preaching since August of 2017, that was my first sermon. And so I've just kind of been preaching here and there for the past two-ish, two and a half years. So, yeah, um, I'm learning a lot and failing a lot and then learning more. So, it's good to just have opportunities. Uh, I had a blast at the fall retreat. It was really fun. This was probably one of my favorite retreats. It was really, really good. Mostly because both of y'all were there. Aww. <laughs> Can I tell you that Lawrence, your preaching style is probably one of my favorites in all, of all time. Mm -hmm. It's so different than what I've, like, ever experienced. It's something different that... Our <clears throat> high school students have an experience as well. Yeah. Um, that's weird. Cause I'm still really trying to find my style, so I don't think I have one yet. I'm oh, you do? Of, I just kind of go. 
and I make I guess that is my style, but yeah, I'm still trying to like find You're just honest that voice. Like how do you prepare a sermon when you like you're when you're preaching? It changes every time. So the retreat ones, I it's like I spoke on that Friday night. I was literally writing notes on the bus. And I didn't have them finished. And I just had my points and I just kind of went and then that Sunday morning I woke up at five AM and I just did the whole thing. Oof on my phone and I just kind of copied them down in a notebook and then yeah that's what that was and there's sometimes I have them like two weeks in advance or sometimes I type them out sometimes I write them it I don't really have a process like I'm so I'm still like yeah it's like it, as far as preaching goes I'm like still a baby so I'm still feeling it out and I'm still like just kind of testing the water so that's it's been fun baby preacher <laughs> i love it um well as you all know last week we had james bush on our podcast and we talked about the chapter chapter six called the good shepherd and how you know we are all called to be shepherds for the kingdom no matter i mean in what no matter in any capacity but it was really cool to get james's perspective on how he shepherds our church and the youth ministry and as a teaching pastor and mm-hmm. that was really cool um this week we are on chapter eight we only have three chapters left Oh, sad. So crazy how fast it's gone by, honestly. Um, but chapter seven this week is called Crucified. It's probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole book. It's very intense. It's it's all about suffering. And so we're going to kind of get into that really quick. And we're going to come in hot with this first quote. <clears throat> Always bringing it in spicy. <laughs> it says, That's kind of a running theme, coming in hot, spicy. Yeah, hot <laughs> and spicy. Like As the, we're sitting next to s- spicy sweet chili Doritos. Okay. If you've never had those, you need to reevaluate your life. We need to make shirts. That is such a good idea. Seriously. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Yeah. I'll only take 10%, so. (laughs) (laughs) We just laughed the exact same. This is bad. bad. Alright, here's our first quote. There are millions of people in our country who call themselves Christians because they believe the Christian life is about admiring Christ's example, not realizing it's a call to follow it. Mm -hmm. It is so easy, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, to go in, to sit in the pew, and to just admire Christ's example. And there's a call to action. Mm Mm-hmm. And... What I think that plays perfectly into this chapter about suffering is because when you're called into an active faith, like, suffering goes along with that. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Do you have any thoughts on that, Lawrence? Um, and to me, I think the thing I'm warring with right now is, like, how many churches are actually churches and not just buildings with people that show up. And so, because church is not a building, it's people. And so, and it's God's people specifically who have been, you know, baptized, born again, believers of Jesus Christ that have his spirit living in them and belong to the body of Christ. And so if you're not actually a part of that body based off of what you believe and based off the spirit that lives in you, how can I really say that you're a church if nobody really has that? And so that's kind of what I, I war with. So like if that's what your church is filled with i have i have personally and i have a lot of personal problems but personally i just have a problem saying like how can i don't biblically know how i can call you a church like you're not an actual part of the body it's like the the direction that the body of believers is actually moving you're not going with you know my body moves the same direction everywhere we all go all my 
pieces we move together <laughs> thankfully and it's just like if you're moving in a completely opposite direction how can i say you're connected to this body oh that's such mm. a good point that's, uh, good. that's super good mm-hmm. and a lot of what we're talking about tonight is about you know you can sit and sit and sit all day long but when are you going to boldly step out in the name of jesus when are you going to boldly speak jesus's truth and kind of like what lawrence said like a lot of people in a lot of churches um, don't, you know, they just mm-hmm. choose to be dormant mm-hmm. because it's easy. And also I think a lot of times, like maybe we can't blame it on the people all the time, but like, what are we being taught? You know, like what is actually coming out of, what are we receiving out of the messages? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely and also like that. this idea of not just being complacent in our faith, but like being willing and, and, in uh, being willing to count the cost Mm -hmm. and like being a Christian, there's going to be costs, you know, and there's going to be, we have to give up a lot of things. Right. I mean, that's in the, in the book he says, um, he references something before and then he says, we've lost something so central to the essence of what it means to be a Christian. Becoming a Christian is a complete and total surrender of your own desires and flesh to the higher purpose of serving God's glory. Mm. And that just makes me think, even of convicts, convicts me personally, just thinking like how much I cheapen the gospel because I don't, I selfishly don't want to, you know, surrender. I don't even know if I truly know the true meaning of that word. Right. You know, my own desires of the flesh and, you know. Exactly. It's a total surrender. Yeah. And it's kind of what we talked about a couple weeks ago with Tate when we had him on the podcast. Like, just just even little things like, are we surrendering um, to God with our finances? And, when, like, he, he made the argument, like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, God doesn't really know, like, the, how the financial system works in 2020 and blah, 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 blah. Like, things that you don't even think about are things that you need to surrender, you know? And it's, like, tough to figure that out. But, obviously, that's, like, a place in your life where you need to pray and ask God to plow your ground and figure out the areas in your life where you're not completely surrendering. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a part in here that I really love, too. It's right after that. And it says, <clears throat> the call to follow Christ is the call to joyfully endure suffering in this life for the promise of eternal blessing in the next. Mm-hmm. I like this part too. It says, according to Jesus, far from having no cost, following him will cost you everything. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that means? Yeah, I can't, you can't separate following Jesus and suffering. And so that's just a part of it. Like when I am choosing to follow Jesus, I'm also, that's a package deal. I can't separate the two at all. And so I never have to go looking for my own suffering. It's going to find me. Like, Jesus never instigated anything, really. He he was just being who he was, mm-hmm. and being who he was was so countercultural and was so yuck to a lot of people who just weren't living the Bible. And so you have to think, like, he offended them so harshly, they wanted him dead, and they killed him. And so I don't really even have to focus on, like, what am I going to suffer for? Like, I can't be that, because then that, if I'm choosing what I'm going to suffer with, that's pride. If I'm choosing, well, I have to do this, and I have to go out here, and I have to do... I'm choosing all of that stuff for me, and I, I still have control. I'm not letting him be God. Mm-hmm. And so if I actually have that spirit in me, I'm going to just inadvertently attract that suffering mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to go looking for that. That stuff kind of finds me, you know, and I'm ready for it because I know, you know, he works all things together for my good, my my end benefit my bottom line Mm -hmm. but 
if I go into it hesitant and suffering, I'm not really giving myself to Jesus, do I actually really believe in him? Mm. And that's the end of the day, because like, the goal is always to be like Christ, because we want to be in eternity with Christ. And so anything that would get me closer to that, I should be willing to do, whether it's suffering or blessing or whatever, I should be willing to do. And so, and, and like suffering's uncomfortable, I get it, but at the end of the day, like this place isn't our home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we miss a lot because we want, you know, Jesus to come in and bless it and so I can have money and a nice family and, you know, the children and the dog and the job and whatever. And it's just like all that stuff goes away. Mm-hmm. And it's like cliche. It's like you can't take any of it with you, but you can't. And yeah. Like we get so caught up in it's it. It's true. And so we halt our suffering process, which is really just a growing process if you really want to get down to what it is. It's only something that's going to develop you and bring you closer to Christ-likeness. And so I stop that for something that's temporary, which makes no sense if I'm actually living this, you know, eternal, Jesus-focused, Christ-centered life. And so when those things are the thing that are running my life and every decision I make, am I really fully surrendered? You can't be. So... Mm, preach. I was so into that <clears throat> Me too. I was into it. <laughs> well, I, okay, can I tell you something really quick, though? Like, that whole, like, you can't take things with you when you go thing really hit home for me. Like, my grandmother passed away a couple of years ago, and we were cleaning out her house, and there was just stuff everywhere, all over, and everyone was, like, going in, and they're like, hey, do you want this? Do you want this? And everyone had their own individual houses and didn't need anything else, but there was all this stuff that we needed to figure out what to do with. And it's just crazy. Like, one moment... She was there living in the house. The next moment, she was with Jesus, and all of her stuff was still there. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy to me how we just idolize all this stuff that we have. I mean, I do it too. Like, we all do it. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be there when you leave. And just like Lawrence said, gosh, I love how you said, like, this isn't our home. This isn't where, you know, this isn't where we belong. Like, we, I mean, we're... Temporary home. Yeah. <gasps> Carrie Underwood. This is... <laughs> I love that song. And like, even if you took that even further, like, we do our hearts the same way. So, like, there's stuff I have inside of me that I'm holding on to. So, like, I, I have grudges. Like, so I'm still being perfected. So, like, I've got grudges. Like, mm-hmm. I've got things that I'm still holding on to. But, like, I, I can't. It's not benefiting me. Holding on to it is destroying me. Mm. And once I'm dead, it's over. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's, that's the kind of process I'm in right now. Just, like, letting go of things everything that literally does not matter Mm -hmm. despite how uncomfortable it is or despite how awkward it is or painful it is you know because at the end of the day i'm trying to kill my pride i'm trying lawrence has to die and i think that's we have to we sugarcoat that it's like you know just you know die to your flesh no you have to die you can't live anymore Mm. like your life is no longer your own you were bought at a price and so Everything about me has to slowly die away, and I can't mm-hmm. just pick it up and, you know, sit it down and pick it back up and sit whenever I want to. I have to fully surrender. I have to go all out about this thing, and so. It is. I, that is the total essence of what this chapter is, is what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea, and I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I talk quiet, so I have to talk louder. Um, I, I have this, like. I'm so convicted about this, and we, as we've said before, really just small group, and like, you know, just kind of getting them to understand this concept as well as like this whole lukewarm, halfway, 
thing that we all do as Christians. Like, this can't be done halfway, lukewarm. Like, if you're going to commit, you have to commit all the way. Commit everything. Mm -hmm. Your worldly possessions, like you were talking about, Kaylin, and your heart, things you hold on with your heart. It's like all of it. You have to completely die to yourself. And that's a that's a daily a daily thing. Yeah, like a moment-by-moment moment thing like you talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... What's so crazy is that, like, I feel like it's almost, like, fluffed up so much that, like, it talks about that so much in here. Like, following Jesus, it's so fun, it's so, you know, all this, and it is so, like, it just, it obviously is just, like, unbelievably rewarding. But, like, in Luke, I can't even, like, know where it is in here, but in Luke, it talks about how, um, oh, here it is. It says, whoever... Does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my father. For which of you desire to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost. And like before that talks about if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, his own mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes. And even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And like it talks about, it goes into the story. Um, Francis Chan had a friend who was a, yeah, he was a pastor in Iraq and, um, or his friend went to, Iraq and talked to this pastor and came back and Francis said what is the biggest difference between our church and the church in Iraq and he said what we call sanctification they call a prerequisite which was crazy to me and he talks about how they have to sign these written documents that you are agreeing to lose your property be thrown in jail and maybe be martyred for your faith because that was like what their it wasn't their goal but it was just like they were just prepared for that suffering Mm -hmm. So what do you think, because we obviously live in the United States and we have a lot of, you know, luxuries that those places don't have. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times our faith can settle into those luxuries where we don't, you know, we don't have to worry about worshiping in an open place. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry about those things. So how do you think we can step into a faith like that in a place like the United States? Mm -hmm. Like, how can we have a, a roaring faith in a place that is so safe. I mean, you, know, you have to think, because mm-hmm. it's not even really about suffering. It's about being obedient. Mm-hmm. At the end, like when it comes down to just brass tacks, it's about how obedient can I be to Christ, whether it's something good or something bad. And so here in the United States, we're one of the most self-centered countries mm-hmm. ever. Like we're so self-absorbed that it's almost sickening. Like everything is made for our convenience. Mm-hmm. All these other countries, most of them are too... They speak two languages, English being one of them, and then people come over here, and now we're mad because they're not speaking English, when in reality they can speak two, we only speak one, mm-hmm. but we look down on them. And so when I actually put others first, like just simply putting somebody before myself is so countercultural, like it shocks people, or you know, loving an enemy. You know, because we have, like, this whole clapback culture, and it's like, I'm going to cut you off, and I'm not, never going to talk to you again. Like, that has nothing, there's no Jesus in that at all. Mm-hmm. None. Like, there cannot be. If if you hurt me and I never speak to you again, like, where where in Scripture does that line up with who Jesus is? It doesn't. And so, I don't have to be do all these, like, radical things in the world's eyes. Like, I don't have to move to a third world country mm-hmm. to have a radical faith. Like, literally just living out the Bible fully, wherever you are, is going to make noise if you're actually mm. doing it. And it's just like, that's why 
I have a, I have a lot of problems with people who go on mission trips, but like you don't do anything while you're here. Mm. So you're willing to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and spend a week in this country with people you've never met, but you'll go to work, you go to school, you go to wherever, and you don't reach out to anybody, or you don't live this faith out at all. And I have a serious problem with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're called to do that, go. Mm-hmm. But I don't think God's going to call somebody who's not already doing it. And again, that's just a personal thing. And I've got a lot of personal problems. Someone really cares about my opinion. But at the end, We but care, I, Lawrence. I care. We care 100%. But at the end of the day, it's how obedient can I be wherever I am. And so, yeah, we have a lot of luxuries that other countries don't have. But it comes with... Anywhere you live out Jesus, it's going to cause problems because there's people who aren't living out Jesus mm-hmm. in church and out of church. And so it's always going to make them uncomfortable, mm. but it's always also going to draw the people that want it. And like, if you look at the, like when Jesus travels, like how many people never met him, but they've, you can tell they've been waiting for him their whole life. Mm-hmm. And so like when those are the people I'm trying to reach, everyone else almost in a sense doesn't matter because they, those people don't win. Like, the people who go against God, yeah, show me, but I just haven't seen anybody who actually won against God. <laughs> like, when you're actually legitimately trying to come after him, he wins, ultimately. Yeah. And so, when I have that understanding, like, I, it's not, it just becomes a part of who I am. And so, I don't have to be like, well, I don't have to wake up and have a goal. It's like, okay, well, how can I do this? Like... My face is just my face, and my face goes with me wherever I go. And so I don't have to try for my face to look like my face. And so like when <laughs> it's like when Jesus is actually in me, and that's the heart I have, and that's the mindset I have, that's what I've given my life to, I don't have to try. It's work, but it's not as much effort, and it's not as much thought. It's just something that is becoming each day something that's more and more natural and mm. again that's that's when the suffering comes in but it's something i'm prepared for because this is what i signed up for mm-hmm. and i also have his mind to do it mm-hmm. and if i have his heart and i have his mind then i have the capability to withstand that suffering mm-hmm. and so that's good mm-hmm. golly is knock it out of the park by the one lawrence <laughs> And what I love about a lot of this chapter and a lot of what Lawrence has said too is that we we don't pursue suffering. We pursue Jesus knowing ultimately that the suffering is going to come and knowing, like you said, that we're going to be prepared for it because we do have his heart and his mind and his Holy Spirit living inside of us. I just, I'm blown away in this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love what that idea that I've just been really, re- I feel like this whole <clears throat> book is like obviously about having a rat. Isn't that what the theme of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, scandal. scandal. Close. Scandal radical. Having a scandalous faith, you know, is being obedient is scandalous. Being obedient is radical. Like, it is being wherever you are in the world is irrelevant, kind of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you are obedient to what the book says, then that's going to make waves. And I love that's That's good. And I think that that is like, like that short sentence is what we've kind of been looking for throughout this podcast is like, obedience is radical and obedience is scandalous and that's if we're being obedient then you know we're expectant that god is going to move mm-hmm. you know because and there's just a lot of people 
too many Christians want attention, right? And so I'm going to go and I'm going to post all these pictures of me serving, or I'm going to do this, or I sing, or I do missions, or I work with children. And we want to be seen, and we want to be recognized and patted on the back for it. But like, we're not doing this to be recognized. I'm not being radical because I want people to notice me being radical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like those stupid videos where people do nice things on camera. It's like, here's $1,000. I know. If I really wanted to give someone $1,000, I'm not going to put it on camera. I want to be seen and I want to be noticed. And I think that's a huge problem, like especially like in this generation where in the social media age, there's a lot of like trendy things, especially with Christians now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these mm-hmm. different pastors who are famous and mm-hmm. there's like this whole other culture, you know, for millennials. And so, and people are just kind of copycatting that to be noticed and be seen because they see someone else that it works for you, so it, sh- it should work for me, and I want to be seen, and I want to be noticed, I want to be made to feel important. But, like, it, it's not about necessarily making noise or waves, it's about making disciples. What's actually going to be d- effective? You know, how is my life making someone else's life better? How is my life, the Jesus that's in me, bringing someone else closer to Jesus? Mm. So not just, like, on a stage, or not just on a mission trip, or on my social media posts, it, it, does my life speak enough for someone else to be able to follow and find Jesus? That's the that's the goal, and that's going mm-hmm. again. That's always going to bring suffering because you have people mm-hmm. who don't want to go through that process. They don't want to go through that suffering because they don't want to find themselves. Like they don't want to know how ugly their hearts actually are. They're very content. Mm-hmm. That's what you saw with the Pharisees, and then you saw what happened. You know, and so there are people that are going to try to quench the spirit and try to kill Jesus from moving in the church now. And but at the end of the day, they don't win. So you you do have to pick which side you're going to be on, especially with wherever the church is going right now, because there's you know there's this generational shift that's happening. So like our generation is becoming more prominent. We're we're getting into leadership roles. We're becoming pastors, and this change and this shift is happening. And we have to figure out what we want to do with it Mm -hmm. Um, so do I want to be seen do I want to be made to feel significant or important or do I want to glorify him so we can make disciples Mm -hmm. and actually get people to heaven so that we can all be together that's the whole purpose that that's what God God created us so we we could be with him you know and so if that's what I'm thinking about I am willing like you all said like I'm willing to go through anything good bad ugly whatever because I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on Jesus. And mm-hmm. whatever gets me that, I, I crave. You know? And so, it's just like someone who wants to be... Like, I used to be wanted to be really, really good at music. And so I'd practice two to three hours every single day. Any small detail that would make me that much better, like, I would do it. I would crave somebody to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I would crave... Like, I would watch... I would video myself and I'd watch it. I'm like, that, that's, that sucks. Or that's... Da, 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 da. And it was just this daily, daily process. But it eventually made me really good. I got scholarship for like a year when I was doing music education because that's what I put into it. And we do that with so many other things in the world, but like we don't take the time to do that with our faith. Mm-hmm. And so... Love it. Yeah, seriously. I feel like... Do you feel like just we as Christians, people who believe in Jesus, do you feel like a lot of times we're just missing the whole point of everything? I asked my that question... Like, I, like, have been, like, really thinking about that a lot. Am I just missing it? Like, we're just missing something huge. Mm-hmm. Like, something, like, God is telling us that we're just, like, completely disregarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just gotta dive into that Bible. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really like this verse that he mentions. It's John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm -hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Mm -hmm. And that just goes, you know, right along with what you were saying. And I feel like if the world, I would told this to our small group reels a lot, like if the world doesn't see something different in you, mm -hmm. then there's a problem with that. And a lot of times that's how you were dealing with the suffering in your life. And the suffering that goes along with being a Christian. So, And I like how right after that talks about when Jesus confronted the Pharisees, he did not mince words. He's addressing them with, you brood of vipers. And, well, my husband's home from basketball. Hey, Tommy. Anyways, um, it talks about um, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, it says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I think that, that, that like, verse just shook me. Because I was just thinking, like, if our hearts are full of what Lawrence is saying, like, me, I want to do this, I want to do this, and, like, your mouth, your words are obviously not. It just goes back to talking the talk and walking the walk. I'm so huge on that. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that with our small group girls, too. And James talked about it this morning in a sermon. Like, why are you putting on one hat when you're here at church and you're, you know, praising Jesus and you're doing all this, and then you go to your friends and you're putting on a completely different hat and you're, like, this whole completely different person. And then to, like, bring it back to this chapter, like, when, when you're having this Jesus hat on and suffering starts to come into your life and people start making fun of you or you're not fitting in or the people around you think you're crazy because you believe in Jesus, you can't just take that hat off when mm -hmm. that starts to happen. Yeah. You know, you have to keep that hat on <clears throat> because it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen like that verse in John says. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it just comes down to boldly speaking the name of Jesus without any fear. That's like my basic underlying theme here. Mm -hmm. If you're not boldly speaking the name of Jesus, you're not pursuing Jesus, which means you're not going to suffer. Because if you're scared to boldly speak it because someone is going to, you know, make fun of you or, we've, you know, talked about that, ridicule you or whatever, then you're not pursuing Jesus. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we boldly speaking the name of Jesus? I think a lot of people are too focused on doing instead of being. And I think that's the main problem. So, like, I can... I'm able to take a hat on and off if I'm focused on doing. And so if I'm focused on doing the Bible and living the right way in myself, I'm going to fail. And then when it gets uncomfortable or inconvenient or inconvenient, inconvenient's not a word. <laughs> yeah. Inconvenient I'll for me. I can put it on the shelf because I'm not really living to become anything. I'm living for my own convenience. So whichever one's going to benefit me the most in that moment, that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> But when I'm actually focused on becoming and being, I don't have to worry about everything I do speaks Jesus. And so, like, being a communication major, one of the things that you, we talk about in, like, every class, everything you do speaks from what you wear, from what you, mm. you know, your facial expressions, your body motions, the way you move, the fluctuation in your voice, everything is going to speak something. And so when Jesus is, you know, becoming more alive inside of me each and every single day, that's what's going to speak. And so I can boldly live, I can boldly speak that in everything that I do when that's what I'm actually becoming, when that's what I'm actually becoming confident in, like who Jesus is creating me to be, who I'm becoming what he's actually created and intended me to become, 
And when that's the confidence I live with, everything I do is bold. Everything I do is this radical thing. And everything I do speaks that because it's not just something I'm doing. It's something I'm, I'm becoming. And we're, we're trying to, like, do, quote-unquote, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to, like, do church and do being a Christian. You, you can't. It's not possible. Like, if you read the Bible, there's nothing I can do in the Bible out of my own sheer will. The way it was intended to be done. Like, I can't really interpret the Bible with my own mind and with my own spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to make it plain for me. Like, I can't be righteous without the Spirit. Like, I I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I can try and I can put up the front and I can get real legalistic, you know, and make my entire worldview about just really surface-level things in the Bible— and I'm, you know, worried about, I'm pushing the right button, make sure I say the right thing and make mm-hmm. the right stance, because that's what it says in the Bible. But I'm not actually <clears throat> becoming that. Mm. You know, and that's, not to get political, but like people, that they have these political stances, and they think that's just the word of God, and that's just, but then something else in your life is completely contradictory to the word, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But because I say this, and I make a stance on this, instead of actually having a heart change, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You're just someone who says they're Christian. And, like, as much as it takes to become a follower of Christ, we're so nonchalant about who we allow to have that title. You know, if you look at someone who's in, like, a fraternity or a sorority, like, if I just wore a fraternity shirt, and I've never rushed one or whatever they call it, I don't know what it is, (laughs) like, I didn't go through that process. I didn't go through what they went through to wear those letters so if I just put one on just to say that they're going to have a problem with me but like when there's other people out here who who don't read their bible who don't even pray they don't serve they don't really do anything that Jesus doesn't actually living in them but they get to just say their name say the name and claim it it's like yeah I'm a Christian too and they're making what I believe in look bad now it's okay and I think that's what we have to that's what we're kind of coming out of so like if you're going to say you believe what I believe, and this is what I'm building my life, I'm banking my entire life on this, no, you have to live with what this word says, not with what how I interpret it, but I know I have the Holy Spirit, and so I know when the Spirit's speaking to me about a certain scripture, and so I know when he's giving me the certain understanding, and if you're living outside of that, on this really surface level, completely out of context thing in the Bible that's just going to benefit you the most... No, I can't just sit by and let you do that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. Because you're making what I believe in look bad. And I know what I believe in changes lives. And it could change the entire world. Mm-hmm. And you're holding somebody else back. If you don't want to believe it, then say you don't believe it. But if you're going to actually believe it, then there's a certain standard that we all have to have. And I think that's where we have to really move as a body, not just like different buildings and you know I go to this church and you go to that church there is no church you go you're you are the church mm-hmm. and I think that's what we're moving out of but it's still just do I actually is this something that's so important to me that I wouldn't I'm not gonna let anybody else come against it mm-hmm. yeah we have to be so like vigilant about not allowing the culture to creep in and cheapen what it means to be a Christian and I, and I think that's just what the premise of this whole book is about, like what you were just saying. Like, we, like the, the name 
or the title of a Christian has become so muddied up and so cheapened that we've forgotten like the true essence of what it really means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And like we just need to get back to the basics and like, you know, and that's kind of what the, we hope this podcast will do. Is, like, yeah. Just remind people to get back to the basics and remind us like the the honor and the privilege of it is to be a Christian and what goes along with that. And it comes along with, obviously, it's the best decision you ever make in your life. And mm-hmm. It's the only thing that will fulfill you. But it also comes with suffering and the world's going to look at you like you're crazy sometimes and you know all these other things but you know if we this lukewarm christianity is it's just not not doing it yeah this might be a stupid example i'm going for it though there's a video tommy and i watched the other night it's about a guy he goes up to buy a car and the car salesman is like hey uh here's the price for it and the guy's like oh well that's too expensive and he's like, will you take this much? And the car salesman's like, no, my boss told me that that's too low or whatever. <coughs> and he's like, um, okay, well, I'm not going to buy it if you don't take this much. And the guy's like, okay, then don't buy the car. Like, I'm not forcing you to. Like, of course I want you to buy the car, but, like, don't buy it if you're just going to complain about it. And I think that's so, like, either, like, we're not forcing you to be a Christian. Of course we want you to believe in Jesus because, like, like I said, it's so rewarding. And even this verse right here, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed to us. Mm-hmm. There's glory to be revealed Where to us. Uh, Romans 8, 16 through 18. Um, and, of course, we want that glory to be revealed to all the people around us. But we're not... Like, if you don't, like like Lauren said, if you don't believe it, then just say you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. But don't claim that you believe it and then not live that way. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. And to close the back door, this doesn't mean we go around to people who have conflicting and they're like <laughs> back and forth and I'm just like Christian shaming you. Like, you're not a Christian. Like, that's not my job. Yeah. But like, totally. my job is to uphold what the Bible says and not compromise. And I think that's the main thing that we're suffering from right now. Like, that's why the church doesn't really have a whole lot of credibility with most of the world right now. And it's not just, it's not because we're living this radical faith. It's because a lot of Christians are seen as weak and inconsistent and double-minded. Yeah. And so we can't compromise. And I feel like once you actually live this thing out in an uncompromised way, it's automatic. Like, the way I'm living is going to so much, like, override what they're doing so like okay they're actually they actually read because i know they read because they quote scripture to me i know they pray they prayed with me and i told them not to i know they have integrity i've seen what they're saying about this seems a little more right than what you're saying about this maybe you don't actually believe and so like that kind of work i don't have to actually do so like if i'm living in really uncompromised this is what the bible says this is who i'm trying to become a lot of that stuff works it out on itself but but still like we we're really free with the term like Christian mm-hmm. and we've allowed the culture to really take the word and mm-hmm. kind of flip it on its head and now it's this thing it's like you're a bigot you're hateful you're you know well I can determine what Christian means you yeah. know like they don't they don't determine it by biblical standards they determine like oh well I have my own opinion and this is what it means to me mm-hmm. you know Oh, goodness gracious. I'm always so conflicted. I'm just so convicted. Conflicted and convicted. That's another shirt. And here's the thing. (laughs) Kate and I are starting. Kate and Lawrence and I are starting a t-shirt business. Can I say one thing, too, just to close? This isn't something that you just, like, wake up in the morning. You're like, ah, okay. My whole viewpoint's going to change. And this is, you know, I'm going to just live for Christ. I'm going to surrender to him all day, blah, blah, blah. 
and then just like wake up the next morning and like this is like it puts you put in work like things don't just change like overnight you put in work you read your bible you pray yeah and it is a process it's the sanctification even like you know just like a final takeaway for me is like you know i've been a christian my whole life but this is something that i still like Mm -hmm. that this still resonates with me and even though like i proclaim to be a christian my whole life you know it's like there's still parts of what we were talking about that, that really resonate with me and, like, mm-hmm. convict me personally, you know. And I think my biggest takeaway from today would be, you know, I really struggle with this whole, like, you know, I've gone, I've done the whole mission trip thing, and I've, you know, I struggle with this. And now I've come back to my small community, and I've and I've struggled. There's, like, an inner um, conviction within me, like, how can we have this like radical faith in a small community? That's like such a mm-hmm. thing that I like battle with daily. And like, I think what Lawrence said earlier, just this idea that obedience is radical and obedience is scandalous and obedience is what is going to make ripples. It's where you are is irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like as long as I'm being obedient, like I have to be confident and know and expectant that that's, that that is going to, is going to make disciples, you know, like mm-hmm. our ultimate goal as Christians is to make disciples. And so, I just have to dig into the word and become more obedient because you know even sitting here right now I can think of things where I'm like that needs to be cut out of my life that needs to be pruned out of my life you know mm-hmm. and so yeah and learning how to be obedient also comes with knowing what God sounds like in order to like like to be obedient in mm-hmm. order to know what God sounds like you need to read your Bible mm-hmm. I mean it's just like anything because like if anybody knew anything about process like it was Kobe Bryant you know not to be like mm-hmm. morbid but like that's why I loved him so much. He was—he didn't just want to be a good basketball player. He loved every single process of it. He's like, I love the way the sneakers squeak like on the floor. Like I love the feel of a basketball. I love mm-hmm. the sound it makes when, like when you dribble it. When it goes to that. He loved everything about it, and he immersed himself in it. It's like when I immerse myself in this daily process of living like Jesus and looking like Jesus and understanding the mind and the heart of Jesus. A lot of this stuff, I don't have to think about it, but that stuff becomes my second nature. So, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of things in music, I don't think about anymore. That's just my second nature because I fell in love with the process of, like, practicing and learning a new piece and making it better and doing this and adding dynamics and, you know, how do I communicate this emotion and, like, all that stuff. I was just completely immersed in it. And everyone's like, oh, wow, you're so great. And I was like, really? I don't think so because I have this, this, this. I always had something to do. Mm -hmm. I was never – there was never an arrival point. Mm -hmm. And I think – we convince ourselves as Christians, we're going to have this arrival point where I'm just peak Nirvana Christian. <laughs> I don't think that's okay to say, but I mean, that, but I don't think that's an okay way to think or live either. And like, that's how we do it at times. Like I want to arrive. Mm-hmm. I want to have my arrival point where mm-hmm. I am peak me. But it's like, what are you going to do after that? Like there's no, there's nothing for you to do. And then you're going to end up fooling yourself thinking you're, you've arrived. When you haven't, there's so many things that go unaddressed, and then you might be one of the people who's like, you cry out, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We did miracles in your name. We did this in your name. Mm-hmm. Be gone, I never knew you. That's what he said to them. You know, and so, but if I'm actually in love with the process of just, like, closeness with Jesus so that I can become one with him and look like him, all this other stuff that we worry about and put so much pressure on ourselves to do, it goes away. Because it's just our, it's our nature mm-hmm. that Jesus is, he becomes the essence of our life. And so there's a lot of things people like compliment me on or whatever. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, cool. 
but it's just like that's just become part of my process like I'm starting to just look more like Jesus and they notice it it's like people come up to me at Upworth they're like you do such a great job I don't do anything I sit there and I pray before each game that's all I do but like but people are just so impressed with that and I'm like okay cool I've got this, 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 this I still need to work on. And, you know, I'm, I'm still not good at this, and I could be better at this. But I'm enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the thing we have to get back to. Like, we really have to enjoy mm-hmm. the process of having a relationship with Jesus every single day. Desiring yeah. versus feeling obligated. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, this is... This has been the best, honestly. Thank you so much thank for being so our much guest. For coming. Well, thank you for having me. You have me. so much wisdom. Lawrence, this me. has been probably, not even joking, one of the best hour and a half I've lived. Yeah, no, no joke. Oh. No oh. Joke. You could, you should, you should have better hour and a half. <laughs> you like the perfect mixture of funny and true. Serious and, and. You just bring all the good things. Seriously. It's just. It's Jesus. It, it literally it's, is. It's just the process. It's just the process. Yeah, <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, We are so glad that you could be here. And join us next week for Sundays at 7. Bye, guys.